Hello everybody and welcome to the History Voyager. My name is Benjamin Kitchings. As always, the Resilient Podcast out there. Thank you very, very much for listening to mine. This is an anonymous person who works in wastewater in Metro Atlanta. Wastewater is sort of the background piece of a massive urban area such as what we have here. As you'll hear later in the podcast, Metro Atlanta roughly doubles, if not triples, every 20 or 30 years. So you have here one of the largest, if not the largest metro area in the Appalachians. It's certainly the largest metro area in the southern Appalachians. Now, the Appalachian Mountains go all the way from northern Alabama all the way well up into Canada. So that'll give you some sort of indication of the uh, population of my fair city. This was a fascinating podcast and a very important episode, especially for those of us who live in Metro Atlanta, because our city is growing by leaps and bounds and has done so, as I say, roughly since 1950. And I think it's very important to talk about something like this on a podcast which hopefully will span, you know, time well after I'm gone, either in a museum or, or something like that in a collection. Anyway, folks, um, like I always say, I'm having a good day and I hope you are too. All right, I'll 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 talk to you later. Bye-bye. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, Ben Kitchens of the History Voyager. I'm here with an anonymous, I guess, water authority employee. Uh, do you want to say what uh, basic area you work in on the on a map or not? Yeah, so I work in uh, Metro Atlanta in the Wastewater Protection Division. Okay. Okay. Now earlier uh we we had been talking about some some various problems of uh with wastewater. You mentioned like in Alabama and Mississippi and uh you sent me a article about uh uh the black belt's wastewater crisis. Do you want to drill into that? Yeah, we can definitely drill into that. Okay, uh, so why don't you get us uh, kicked off? Well, I guess we can always, uh, I think for me, I, I like going back sometimes on the history of, of wastewater just in of itself because really in the in the grand scheme of things, um, it's still fairly a, a new thing to do. We talk about it, and I think especially here in the United States, we don't, um, it's hidden. And a lot of people don't understand about it, um, and what's what it's doing. You know, what do you mean? What it's doing? What do you mean? What what it's doing? What is it? Uh, so like how how they clean wastewater? What's actually happening behind the trees, behind the fence? You know, a lot of people don't know. You know that there's actually a 
a wastewater plant maybe in their backyard or, you know, close to them that's actually dumping, you know, clean water uh, that's been cleaned back into a stream that's local, you know. Um, but so far as like wastewater history, I mean, especially here in the United States, um, you know, there was a big boom, I want to say in the 80s, about 60, actually, I should say 1970, um, which is when they really pushed the whole, uh, Federal Reserve, which is the Re- Federal Reserve Recovery Act. And that's when they gave a bunch of money to all the states to try to fix this issue with wastewater, um, in their local areas, um, be it municipal or a, on a larger thing, statewide or citywide. Okay. When you say, okay, when you say this issue, I mean, now obviously you're, you're too young to have been working in wastewater in the seventies. Right. I mean, uh, okay. So when you say this issue, what are we talking about? The issue in larger general, the issue of the growing demand of a better, it's kind of twofold. Not only are you talking about collection systems, but you're also talking about a wastewater plant that can grow with the community that it serves. Okay. You know, um, and that's the problem. A lot of times when these things are built, these things, these wastewater plants were built back in the 70s. They're still operating or the, you know, the 80s, 70s, 80s. A lot of them, they're still operating back in that time. It's so funny when you walk onto some of these sites. I mean, it's like walking back in a, in a time capsule because of how things are operating. I'm just going to, I have a mechanical keyboard here, so that's what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm going to, when you said the 1970s, I, I just want to throw out some numbers about our, our common, you know, metro area. Because mm-hmm. something occurs to me, something right off, just right away occurred to me was that metro Atlanta in the 70s was a totally different beast. Absolutely. Now. Absolutely. So I, I think, and, you know, a lot of people, there are a lot of people that listen to my podcast that don't live in Georgia, that don't have ties to Metro Atlanta at all. Mm-hmm. So they don't know, for example, that Metro Atlanta is one of the largest, if not the largest or the fastest growing uh, metro area on two continents. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one. And number two, I believe it's the it's one of the largest, if not the largest, uh, metro area within the Appalachian mountain range, which goes all the way from Alabama to up into Canada. Yeah, I so, would agree with that. Uh, okay, let me see if I can just scroll through some numbers here real fast. Uh, so in, so, okay, that's, so basically in 1970, the Metro or Atlanta proper had 400,000, uh, 495,000 people. Mm -hmm. Now, if we go to, 
Let's see if we can go to uh, Atlanta Metropolitan. There we go. Let's see if we can go and get in to. I know we can. I've seen. I, Lord knows, I've seen these numbers a lot. Okay, so in the current, right after the census, the current numbers, so they believe, is right around six million eighty-nine thousand. Six million eighty-nine thousand eight hundred and fifteen people, mm-hmm. and that's up. That's from twenty ten. That's almost a million people more. So it says here, fifteen point nineteen percent increase. Right. Um, so we're talking about a large cohort of humans. Yep. Um, and I thought I could find like, but see that. The other thing is, the other reason is that the metro area physically keeps expanding. So the metro area in the 70s was smaller physically than it would be geographically, I mean. Correct. Than it would be today. So, right. But so I think it was like 2 million in the 70s and in 1970. Now it's triple that. Right. <laughs> so that's what we're talking about. And we're, so are we still on, uh, the physical plant from the seventies or has that been upgraded? Well, that's the thing. I mean, a lot of times, you know, they're where these plants have been built. Um, the land that they're on, they're kind of, you know, they're, they're, they've grown almost to the edges of the expansion. So they're, it's hard for them to grow. I mean, yes, some of the things have been upgraded. Some of the things have been redone. Um, but that doesn't mean that, you know, there's still such a large, so much more improvement because one of the statistics, uh, and this is from the EPA, um, is approximately per person. Uh, and this is when you calculate, you know, when you're building a wastewater plant, you calculate that, a, that an average daily from a daily person can create a flow of 50 to 70 gallons per person per day. So then you, you basically multiply that if you're creating a wastewater plant per capita, you know, whether it's municipality, you know, or just the yeah. local, you know, that's a lot. And when all of a sudden you have an influx of people, you know, and no upgrade to a, to a system that was built back in the seventies, you're going to have issues. So, and per capita means per thousand, right? So when you think about, I mean, you and I, we're both local, so you and I know this. Uh, we're not counting our population adequately. No. For various, for various reasons, some of these reasons are, are not good reasons, but legitimate reasons. Some of them are, are very illegitimate reasons. So honestly, like that six million number I just gave you, Mm-hmm. That's basically a baseline. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's essentially a baseline number. And also, something else we need to talk about is just to the naked eye, our population has increased since 2020, so right after the census. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've got problems. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, 
you know, the, the systems that are in place now in these, um, in the wastewater plants and water protection, uh, you know, we, we, we see them, um, you know, there are different styles, but what is primarily used, um, seems to work. But the problem is, is that they're making it stricter and stricter on the effluent, what is actually being pumped out into the, into that headstream, um, okay. and what is coming off. So then the plants themselves have to add in more things to adjust for that more regulation. Um, so I don't know if you know this about the states. Um, you have the EPA, you know, and that regulates the Clean Water Act. You know, everybody knows that. Okay. Um, if that state wants to create their own local EPA, they can, um, as long as it's as as good as the rules of the EPA or stricter. Um, and usually it's stricter. Um, in the case of Georgia, they do have their own EPA, which is called the EPD. Um, and so Georgia's streams are actually governed by the EPD, um, not the EPA, just because of their, you know, um, now, Rules and regulation. Can I ask you a question? And then I found I finally found the 1970 population. Okay. Uh, but let me ask you a question. Shoot. For the purposes of regulation with the EPA and EPD, mm -hmm. what is the difference between a stream and a river? Hmm. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, well, because, I mean, the Chattahoochee River, by the time it gets to South Georgia, is pretty big. Right. Right. And I used to live in front of a creek, you know, when I was a kid, but it was a, it was not a river. It was a, a creek. Right. <laughs> so I would imagine that there's a lot of water that flows through Georgia, too. Uh, fresh water, that is. Right. Yeah. Well, from what I can tell, and I don't know if this is necessarily through EPA. I'm kind of looking through. Yeah, it, it kind of follows the same thing. So um, generally they call creeks and streams something that can be temporary. Um, oh, okay, seasonal kind of thing. Yeah. And then okay. a river is more permanent flow. Oh. So. Okay. Okay. So the 1970, I'm sorry. Go ahead and then I want to tell you what the 1970. Oh, I was just going to say, now, now we know something. <laughs> so the 1970 population was 1,763,626. Wow. So think about that. Think how fast our fair city has grown. That's intense. Okay. Yeah. That's intense. That's very intense. Yep. Now there's something I remember. Okay. Okay. Here, here, here. Let's. Okay. So you said okay. that that was. Uh, we're just gonna have some fun with some math here, real quick, since this is what I deal with. <laughs> All right. So you said that was 1.7 million. 
1,763,626. Okay. Okay. So, we're going to take that. Uh, run this through this thing real quick. Now, looking at the pattern here, sir, as I look at the pattern, every 20 or 30 years, the population essentially has been doubling uh, since about 19, heck, 1950. Mm-hmm. So imagine like every 20 or 30 years, the population of a metro area basically doubles. So on that, on that rate, I mean, by the year 2050, we're going to have 12 million people. Okay. So what were, where were the, what was our current state? You said that was 1971.1 million. Where were, 1.7. 1.7. And where we're at, where are we at now? According to the census, ha ha ha, we're <laughs> at 6,089,815. Okay. I'm being, I'm being generous in some of these numbers, but we'll just, uh, do this for case of, so we can kind of understand all right, so in the 70s, where we were at 1.1 million people, we were doing 1. – 1.7. 1.7, correct. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. 1.7. We were doing 77 million gallons of wastewater, okay? Okay. And that's being on the – I'm, I'm kind of shooting in the middle when I do that, when I do that math. So about 77 million gallons of, of waste water was being produced by that, by that group of people. Okay, okay. Okay, with the new number, okay, at 6 million, I just kind of rounded it, we're at 420 million gallons of water. Go over those two numbers again, because that sounds like a big difference. That sounds like a big difference. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so from 1970, where we're doing 1.7 million, we had 1.7 million people, about 77 million gallons of wastewater was being produced and treated in the metro area. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'm, these are roundabout numbers. With the current census, if we're at 6 million, we're looking at 420 million gallons of water. That's being... a lot of water. <laughs> it's got to go somewhere. <laughs> okay. Okay. Do you know, in the course of your job, do you know how 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 many gallons of of fluid, water, coffee, whatever, beer? I don't care. Uh, how many gallons of fluid the average adult consumes on a daily basis? Well, like I'm I'm assuming because you have to handle toilet flushes and like that, right? So you yeah. know how many, yeah. So that's where that there's right. a there's I mean, a number right. So there's a number that the EPA basically produces that says this person is going to produce this much wastewater per day. 
Um, and that number generally resides between 50 to 70 gallons per day. You know, maybe if you didn't drink that Red Bull, you'd be at 50 gallons per day. <laughs> okay, so you cut in and out. So you said 50 to 70 gallons per day of wastewater per human per day. Yes. According to the EPA. Yes. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a whole lot. Especially when none of this stuff, I mean, wastewater plants don't shut down. They're operated 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. Now, here's another thought that I just had. Okay. In 1970, you didn't have the Super Bowl come to Atlanta. Mm Mm-hmm. You didn't have the Final Four come to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You didn't have the the Olympics come to Atlanta. So you're still dealing with infrastructure that wasn't – it's not just like we're a major tourist destination. Right. Okay. So, it's, it's, so you're not only accounting for the 6 million people that, it, that the, the census alleges live here. You're accounting for, I think – you know, the last Super Bowl we had was the most attended Super Bowl ever. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're accounting for that. You're accounting for, uh, you know, lots of the, the World Cup's going to come here probably mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years. Yeah, the usually a a, a plant yeah. or some kind of thing, if especially if it's in a in reference to like. Some kind of event like this, Olympics or something like that. Generally, a plant has a buffer. They have ability to outsource, um, go above uh, what they're able to clean for a short amount of time. Generally, a plant's permitted for how much they can actually clean per day. Um, okay. Okay. But generally, they but they have like a a one time they can clean above that for so long. It's kind of like a pulse because, you know, okay, you know, you talking baseball, you got that seventh inning stretch. Everybody's going to go and go to the restroom. That's a lot of toilets flushing. Yes, sir. (laughs) Yes, sir. Um, What about, for example, um, how is the equity of our wastewater in our in our city? Is it is it? Does everybody is everybody pretty much not guaranteed, but does everybody have access to wastewater services pretty much or, or not? Is it not equal in terms uh, of the communities, the the actual areas? It's that's a hard question to answer because unfortunately, I wish I could. <sighs> From what I know, you know, in the Metro Atlanta, at least we're pretty decent on. At least in Metro Atlanta, we're pretty decent on the ability to have, uh, you know, attachment to a sewer system, attachment to wastewater, either that or maybe you have a septic system in your house. You know, you, you you're going to take care of that. You know, that house right. has its own treatment of that. Um, okay. But I can't say that throughout the United States because. Every place is a little different, and I've actually seen recently, you know, through some some articles and stuff that, you know, some neighboring states aren't doing so hot in that. 
Mississippi and Alabama to be a few of them. And there are yeah. people that still aren't connected or have a septic system. Yeah. Yeah. That's got to be, there's got to be all kinds of health issues in that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 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 Be all kinds of um, what about the rest of the state? Because, um, you know, like down in like South Georgia, Middle Georgia, like that. Do you know anything about that? Or? Um, from what I know, most of the state of Georgia uh, is actually one of the because, again, we're the Georgia has the EPD being so strict. Um. And also because of the uh, Chattahoochee and the issues that we have with that, especially with our neighboring states and the and the issues with that. You know, they always talk about the clams and whatever. Um, Wait, let's – okay, I have an international audience. Let's back up and talk about the mussels. I think it's mussels. Mussels, that's but correct. Mussels or clams or whatever it was. <laughs> right. So Florida, Georgia – I'm going to get some of these states wrong. Florida, Georgia, Alabama, and Tennessee were in court for decades. Mm -hmm. And that was settled recently. Mm -hmm. And it had to do with water or wastewater? Uh, I believe that had to deal more with water, I believe. Okay. What is the – okay, dumb question. What is the difference between water and wastewater from your perspective? Well, you know, when you're talking water, you're talking about something that I would think people would be able to drink, where wastewater is something that is something being uh, you want to remove um, that is going down the drain, where water is being piped into a house, wastewater okay. is being removed from the house. Okay. Okay. And I, I, I'm, I mean, I know this is true, but there are legal definition between there's like a legally defined this is wastewater, this is not sort of thing. Right. Okay. Okay. And that's I guess at the federal and the state level. Yes. Okay. Now okay. there's a there's a they talk about gray water, um, and that's basically water that just has soap in it. Um, so that would be something that would maybe come from your washer or dishwasher. Um, not necessarily something that has like bodily fluids in it. Um, but they call it basically gray water because it doesn't have biological stuff in it. It's just soap. Um, okay. Okay. And both of, both of those are no-nos for human consumption. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I kind of figured that, but, you know, um, I learn things on my podcast all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Um, let me, what are some of the unique challenges aside from, I mean, so you, you're, you're in a city, you're in a metro area that essentially, uh, doubles in size every 20 or 30 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, actually, you know, if you go back to 1970, we've almost uh, sex-tupled in size just about it. But 
But, you know, about every so often, you're greatly increasing your population. Mm-hmm. What are some of the challenges you have to face, and you and your your colleagues? Well, I think the big thing is, um, you know, infrastructure. Uh, when I say infrastructure, it means, you know, the wastewater collection systems, the wastewater plants themselves. Have you built something? Have you thought far enough ahead and built something that can withstand the growth in that area? Um, and I think that's the biggest, you know, uh, issue that as, as, as professionals that we have to deal with is, you know, not only just technology and, and keeping up with the times and, and getting this stuff updated, but to also grow as, as best and as quickly as we can, because I tell you, that's, that's a big issue in some other states where they're not growing as quickly and then they're ending up with these overflows because they can't treat the wastewater. Wow. So if you're not growing as fast, you're not treating the wastewater? No. Oh, wow. Oh, because of the tax base. Well, I mean, you're just the, – the amount of people and the flow that's going to be coming into that plant is not going to be able to keep up. So then now you've – you know, there's a there's a certain amount of time that each process has to have, and if you're not allowed to keep that time and that process from operating correctly – then the back end of that plant, you're almost putting straight sewage into the river. Oh, wow. Yeah. Does the, I guess the EPA, so what is the EPA's role in a situation like that, ideally speaking? So <laughs> it can get pretty bad. Um, you know, again, for Georgia, it's EPD, so they are fined um, per day. Uh, okay. and usually it happens and it, they find out after the fact, <laughs> because here in Georgia, you know, we have the river, we have the Chattahoochee river keepers, uh, and we have people like that, that actually ride up and down the river. That's what they do. And they like to make sure that we're not putting, you know, bad stuff into those rivers. Yeah. They will, they will make phone calls and make sure that, you know, something is being addressed. Um, so generally it's with these kind of situations it's after the fact so then they'll come back and uh, basically uh, slap the hand and charge those municipalities plants per day that they were overflowing it can be hundreds of thousands of dollars per day if the culprit if the main culprit is uh if it's isolated to a certain spot, call it, or a certain, a certain business or, or whatever, like a certain thing, mm-hmm. can they be fined as well or not? So yeah, like let's say in the case of most of the wastewater plants, they have, um, they might have some industrial business attached to them or something that's actually putting out some kind of something. And usually most industrials, whether they have some type of cleaning protocol or something, they actually do what's called a pretreatment before they even dump into their into the municipality so that we don't get any of their bad stuff. Okay. Okay. Um, 
and that's called, you know, most of it's called industrial pretreatment. Um, they, if they don't follow, cause they have a, uh, they actually have to have licenses to operate those things. Um, in the case of Budweiser, Budweiser is a big one. Uh, Budweiser has a, they actually have kind of like a, a wastewater plant, but it, what it is is the pretreatment before it dumps into the wastewater system. Okay. Okay. Um, but in order to run that, they have to have a license. If they go out of their license because of the testing and everything that's done, then they will be held liable for throwing the rest of the thing down off down line. Okay. Um, there's a case in point. I guess I can say this uh, recently. That was kind of uh, something. Another thing affected a plant locally, um, and it was actually a a drinking water plant. Um, they had dumped um, a bunch of lime, um, and someone was not watching that. Um, you, mean, you mean lime like the mineral, or you mean lime like the mineral, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Lime like okay. the mineral. Um, they were using it for pH balancing or something, um, uh-huh. and it actually caused a plant to go out of its permit because now this other thing was way far away, but because of this one plant, they ended up out of permit um, because of what had happened at this other plant that dumped all this chemical. Okay. That, that doesn't sound great. No, but um, it ended up, but it ended up being that it wasn't, the one plant, it wasn't the wastewater plant's fault because they didn't do it. It was another plant that caused it. Okay. Are there, let me ask you this, cause this, I mean, I haven't thought a whole lot about wastewater before now, but obviously, you know, water flows from one state to another. Mm-hmm. Is there such a case of a state that Georgia shares a Shares a watershed with that does not have a local uh, wastewater situation. I mean, uh, like a, a, a like a state level EPA equivalent or whatever. Uh, that would be, I believe, Alabama and Mississippi don't have their own EPDs or local, so they're they're actually controlled okay. by the EPA. Okay. Okay. In those states. Okay. On the okay. federal level, not the local level. Yeah. Well, so what is okay? You keep saying that. What is the difference between? I mean, okay. So is there a difference between um, the local watershed situation and the federal watershed? I mean, situation. Uh, like every well, little. I guess in most cases, yeah, it's just kind of like how you see anything in our great, you know, government if it's controlled on a federal level. Could it be as good as it could be if it was locally controlled? I don't have anything against our federal government. I'm just saying, being federally man, being federally controlled, are they going to be as best as they can be? I don't know. Maybe the maybe okay, like maybe the folks in Washington uh, aren't on top of Meridian, Mississippi, all the time like they should be, absolutely, or whatever. Okay, right. okay, like that, like that. Yes. Yes. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. 
What about, okay, what about, was there an inciting incident for the EPD? Like, was there a moment that the legislature and whatnot was like, hey, we need an EPD? Uh, for Georgia? Yeah. I'm trying to think of when that was done. Well, like I always say, uh, Joe Rogan has Jamie and I have Google. Uh, <laughs> so, when was the EPD created? Oh, looky here. The EPD was created, hold on, that's, uh, no, that's the EPA. The EPA was created in 1970. Yes. So from so, what I see, I just looked up Georgia's EPD, uh, 1973 was its first year of operation. Okay, so it's been around nearly 50 years at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, and I guess it's headquartered out of Atlanta. Does it have branch offices uh, all over the state? Uh, I believe they do. Um, I'm not exactly sure. I know their home is in Atlanta, but I don't know if they have uh, other yeah. departments or other areas. Okay. All right. I know for a fact that I think it was the Bridge Authority for Georgia was based out of Macon. Because I thought it was centrally located. You know, here's a thought that I just had. Okay. I have, we keep saying counties and states and local. Mm-hmm. So we should say, like, okay, the United States is under federalist system. So you have the federal government, and then you have 50 state governments, mm-hmm. plus D.C. And, and Guam and Puerto Rico and whatever else. Mm-hmm. But you have 50 state governments. And so... That's what, when we mean that, like, we don't live in Britain, where Britain control, where, you know, everything, right? Right. They have, so there's layers of government in, in our country. So we should probably say that. Um, what do you see the, the challenges of wastewater in Atlanta, uh, coming up? Uh, I think the biggest thing is infrastructure. Um, unfortunately, the, a lot of it, um, is failing. Uh, I know the biggest thing, especially for Atlanta centrally, uh, Metro Atlanta, maybe not as bad. Um, but it will get there because, you know, Atlanta just keeps on growing. Um, yeah. but Atlanta in itself, um, the infrastructure is the hardest thing because, you know, the wastewater pipes, the, the, the sewer systems that are in place, weren't meant to be around for 20, 30 years. They were meant to be replaced. And so as we get closer to these 40, 50-year marks and more, and then we have increased flows, not to mention these historic floods and whatever like that, you know, that creates such a unique dynamic in the wastewater industry that we end up with very hard situations that, you know, um, we've had to cross and as, as far as I know with, especially in, in, in the Atlanta area and the greater Atlanta area, I would say infrastructure is the hardest thing to keep up with because you're talking about digging up, you know, whether it's digging up 
or replacing physical pipe in the ground. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What about this? What about, you know, in the 90s, Atlanta, there was a drought. I recently found out that there was technically a drought for 25 years, 30 years or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And then magically, at some point in the aughts, in the 2000s, you know, it started raining. Just like I, I'd never seen it in my life. Mm-hmm. And now we've sort of reverted back to what the old timers call normal, which is like it rains every day. It's something, you know, so and so o'clock, whether it needs to or not. Right. So what about that? What about the fact that you've got more water coming down than you ever used to have? Mm-hmm. At least from 1970. You know. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, it can definitely cause, you know, like I said, issues within a wastewater, you know, in, in, in the wastewater area, you know, you have this, um, there's two terminology, you know, two schools of thought. You either have a, what's called a combined sewer system and, um, what's called runoff, um, or you have separate system, which is a runoff, um, uh, a separate system for your runoff. Um, you know, they always say there's no water intrusion into a separate system, which is not true. <laughs> there's always going to be water intrusion. So, um, you know, with, with runoff, the problem is, is, you know, the runoff picks up all that stuff on the road. So any of the, the gas, the oils, anything that's on the road is going to be washed into the, if it's a combined sewer system, it'll go into the sewer system. If it's a, if it's a, uh, separate system, it'll go into its own little area, usually into some kind of retention pond, um, to, to get treated at that point. But, um, I know for, for in the local area, I've seen where they've had to use more buffer systems. To assist with the giant influx of, of flow that can come from major rain events. Um, so that creates a buffer for those plants so that when they do have a big influx of flow, they can kind of park that water somewhere for a little bit before they can catch up. Does that make sense? I do. I mean, I, I, I am aware of that. And also, when you said the word rain event, and I'm going to start telling you a story, and you're going to know what I'm talking about, I guarantee you. Mm-hmm. There was a massive storm, uh, like 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I get the year right? Yeah, I believe you did. And it was like six, the, the amusement park, Six Flags, was basically underwater. Uh, that's how, that's how much water we had. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what did, have you heard war stories about what people had to do for that? Oh, it was oh yes. Um I I started in my in my field, I started after that kind of happened. However, I got to see some of the I guess you could say the remediation efforts um okay. because okay. I, there wasn't a a municipality, especially the thing is most of your 
wastewater plants or water plants, where are they going to be located? Usually right next to a river. So they're going to be located at some of the lowest points. <laughs> um, yes, so I know where that's coming from. Most of the problem was that most of the, all those plants went underwater. Um, and that created uh, a very hard situation because the rivers, uh, you know, the rivers crested way above their flood levels. Um, and so they would they would go into the plants on the river side. This wasn't necessarily the wastewater side. This was the river coming up on the backside of the plant. Um, so generally, the the plants there there wasn't much they could do. It, it was just operate what you could and keep on cleaning as much as you could. Uh, I believe there was a kind of a moratorium at that point because there really wasn't much they could do because the rivers were in control at that point. I remember there was uh water advisories and stuff. Yep. Yep. That was that was a big reason because of that. Yeah, I, I remember that. And it's funny because that's one of those rare things all these years later. I mean, I remember it's like I I remember I went out I went out to eat and it started raining. And uh, it started raining, and that was on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. Okay, that I remember. It was on a Thursday. And I thought, well, I can't take the train home. I, I better take a taxi. And so I took a taxi. And I remember as the taxi got closer to my apartment, water started coming up out of the drains. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I will never forget this as long as I live. One of the storm drains, actually, it was on a major road in the city. Right. One of the storm drains, actually, like the storm cap, left. Like it, just like in the movies, man, it shot up. And I'll never forget that as long as I live. Yeah. That's the moment I knew this was, this was a new, this was not just rain. This was something else. Yeah. You have a, a memory from from that? I guess. Um, I know for me, uh, <laughs> I was uh, I was at my parents' house at the time. I had just moved. Uh, I was back at home for a second, and I had moved a bunch of stuff into the garage. And um, yeah. I remember uh, my parents actually live pretty on a low area of the road in their neighborhood, and I yeah. remember waking up to hearing water flowing. And I look out the window, and all I see is a river going around my parents' house. So one side went one way, the other – like my house, my parents' house was in the middle. Um, okay. Their garage, they, it goes down. And yeah. I want to say there was about four or five feet of water in front of that garage. It, it buckled in because of the weight of the water. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, re- I, remember, I remember it was the opening – game of the football season, the NFL season. And I don't know why I remember this, but I do. I remember from about halftime on Thursday night all the way until Sunday. It was just because I lived right by all these hospitals. It was just constant um, you know, ambulances. Yeah. 
a constant stream of ambulances. And I remember, uh, going to sleep, actually Thursday night, Friday morning, going to sleep. And a friend of mine from out of town called me up and, hey Ben, you need to check the weather channel. Ah. So I turn on the weather channel and right away you're starting to see the old people on the weather channel. And <laughs> I don't know about you, but when the old people start showing up on the weather channel at four in the morning, oh, something's wrong. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. 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 Anyway. So what kind of infrastructure if if you, if Santa Claus existed, what kind of infrastructure would you would you ask Santa Claus for? Mm. I think uh <laughs> I think the cool the the big thing is um we need to have larger tunnels um underneath everything um to provide that buffer and to provide that uh collection and when I say tunnel I mean like car size and bigger bus size train size we're talking big tunnels um okay okay you know, that are dug um, underneath the ground. Then uh, on the plant side, you know, upgrades as much as possible, you know, um, you know, getting more towards automation, doing what you can with that. Um, and then on the on the back side of it, the thing that I think would be the biggest thing uh is energy recapture. I think that's the biggest thing not all wastewater plants are utilizing is, is energy capture. There is so much free energy being wasted um, at a wastewater plant that could be recaptured as power um, or as oh. a useful resource. Um, and, and, and some are. Some, some wastewater plants are. And I'm not saying all are like that. Um, uh, London, England... They're actually doing a pretty good job of that. I was over, uh, I was in Scotland for a while and I got to see some of their wastewater systems. Um, and, yeah. and where they're at. Um, one of the things that they do there that we don't do here, which I think the people of the United States would, I think probably, uh, not like <laughs> is that they have a drinking water plant on the back end of a wastewater plant. See, I'm learning about wastewater right right along with you. I mean, right along with my uh, listeners here. Yeah. And I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure maybe somebody knows how to do that right, but oh, boy. Well, here's the thing. Here, here's, here's the thing, Ben. In, the, in our realm, uh, we always talk about uh, effluent, which is what is leaving the plant, the effluent of the water, the wastewater. And then the influent is something that is taking up by a plant. So a drinking water plant would have an influent. Most of your drinking water plants, where are they getting their water from? Some type of river, maybe a lake, you know? Oh. Okay. So in yeah. our, yeah. <laughs> in our 
lingo, we actually say somebody's effluent is somebody else's influent. <laughs> well, let me, okay. Let me there's, just, there's just a river between. You don't see it. There's a river between them. <laughs> let me ask you this. Okay. Because now that I'm, I feel like I'm learning right along with my listeners here. Um, as I tell one of my friends, uh, you know, we measure, you know, Atlanta grows so fast that we measure, uh, pop, we measure time in population. So we'll say like, in half a million people, this will change. In a million people, that'll change, right? Mm-hmm. So what is the, if we're assuming that Atlanta basically doubles in size every 20 or 30 years, what is the waste, what, what is the wastewater situation going to look like in 2050 with 12 million people? Hmm. Um, that's really, I would hope to say that, you know, maybe we have some things that are, that have been upgraded or taken control of that we don't have issues with. Um, (laughs) unfortunately with the, with the influx of people, um, the, the, the wastewater industry has a, has a unique situation that they have to grow but yet still provide a service and keep up with the population <laughs> and it's yeah. you know because that wa- that that water's got to go somewhere i mean it, it occurs to me it, it really does occur to me that in 30 years you're going to have to do some you, something will have had to have been done yeah. Because, I mean, look, I've lived here most of my life, you know, other than a couple students here and there. I don't know how long you've lived here or not, but I'm sure both of us could sit here and tell the world there's no way this place is going to stop growing. Right. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Well, something that unique that I've actually seen or heard of, um, and in fact, I, I heard this just recently um, from someone that I know. Um, a lot of like little communities, um, especially newer built ones, um, depending upon who is over them and stuff like that, they are actually having their own wastewater plant or they will have their own drinking water plant or they'll have both. So we're talking like a small, maybe a homeowner, maybe a homeowners association. Maybe it's a, a, a larger community than that. But a lot of them will actually have their own wastewater plants um, within them um, and drinking water. Uh, I think the one I actually was talking with, they had their own drinking water. Um, and they actually uh, uh, employed someone that lived there to take care of the plant. I could see where that would work. Absolutely. Keeping but it more have, yeah. Keeping it more local and on the local level. Uh, it, it can, especially if it's for a community, you know, uh, it would probably work a lot better. But you would have to train, I mean, you'd obviously have to hire the right people. You'd have to, I mean, you know. But if you could do that, that, that'd be pretty, I guess that'd be a pretty good alternative. No, absolutely. 
you know. Um, well, let's see. How long have we been? So before I let you go, is there anything you want to tell the, the universe? <laughs> Be kind to your wastewater professional. Um <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I no, I will no. I have one, Ben. Don't flush okay. those wipes. Don't flush the wipes down the toilet. Oh, the dude wipes. Or no, whatever the... no. Quit doing it. Okay. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So you, all any of them or like any of them? Any of them. They're they okay. say that they're biodegradable. That's a lore, That's a load of horse dookie. Uh, yeah, absolutely. They've actually done. Uh, scenarios where those wipes and they don't break down and they'll sit in the system and then they end up with these oh. fat... Uh, you've heard of this. You've ever heard of a fatberg? What I've heard is that I've actually seen on on uh, TikTok and Facebook right. uh, the uh, the beads from the from the, the soap. Yes. The yep. That's another oh, one. Oh God. I yep. saw like this pipe in New York and all the beads and, and the, you know, your your colleagues in New York, I think it was either New York or L.A., but they literally had to cut the pipe open and, and take shovels and shovel the beads out. Yep, yep. So I mean, that yeah. causes, that's where it goes down to the infrastructure, the stuff that people are flushing down the toilets, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. It, it, uh, if I, uh that that would be my biggest thing. I mean, it is what it is, but still, at the end of the day, yeah. have you seen? Oh God, I'm trying to think of the the show. It's an I think it's Anthony Bourdain because where else would I have seen this? But he went uh, to Mexico City, and he showed the uh, the sewage in Mexico. And just the things, like the, the, the objects, the bottles, the, 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 you know, things floating in the sewer in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Have you, do, do, do we have things like that? Like just. Well, luckily, people aren't that bad here. We don't get that, but I know we do get a lot of, um, plastics. Um, I mean, not, not to that degree, but we will get some things. Luckily, we part of our process to actually clean the wastewater. There's a there's a process in that that will remove larger objects, um, and that's usually done in the bar screen area. And those bar screens capture the large objects, and then that stuff is taken to a a, a dumpster. Um, and from a dumpster, yeah. then then it's taken out of the plant to a to a dump. Um, but no, that's where large objects. If it was a plastic, if it was you know, tree limbs or something like that, you know, small cars. <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, if it was something large, it would it would stop there first. Okay. Keeping it basically family. Now, but I am rated not safe for work. But let's keep <laughs> it kind of family. Yeah. What's the what's the wackiest thing you've ever seen in a in a large object collection? Just to give my listeners the kind of uh you you know a car. Uh, <laughs> um. Oh man, I think. Well, I've found money. I found lots of money actually uh, in my in my day. Um, 
why it ends up down the, the sewage. I'm not sure. I've heard of drug busts and people flushing money real quick. Um, maybe that's where it's from. I don't know. Uh, but I've had over a hundred dollars that I found while working in the plant. So, uh, uh, uh wow. But, I'm uh, not gonna, I'm not gonna ask what you did with that money. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the people that I spent that money on had no idea what I was giving them. <laughs> I just smiled. And <laughs> I cleaned it beforehand. Oh, okay. So there's not like a process where you have to call somebody. No, no, no. Not generally. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Um, all right. But I tell you, the other thing that I do find, if, if, if this is not suitable, safe for work, is I tell you, the biggest amount of whatever yeah. is condoms. Like it amazes condoms. me how many condoms there are. And they'll be, su- they'll be all over. I suppose that's a good thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, you know, technically we're still, li- you know, technically we're still living in the AIDS pandemic. This is true. But, I mean, so, at least, you know, people are active, you know, but you're not supposed to flush them. <laughs> okay, don't, okay, don't flush the condoms. All right, okay. All right. So when you know, you're done people, with that, just put it in the trash can, please. <laughs> you know, my fellow podcasters ask me all the time, you're a history show. Why are you rated not safe for work? This is why. <laughs> this this is one of the reasons. <laughs> you know, this, this month so far, I have a lot of Apple listens, and Apple gets really finicky Yeah, if you're not rated not safe for work. Ah. So just saying, <laughs> just a little free advice. But, uh, all right, man. Um, can I, let me ask you, and I think I might have asked you this, but let me ask it a different way. Okay. All right. Now, let me put on my crystal ball hat. And let's say, let me, let me find that, those demographics again. Okay. All right. Give me a second. Because for some reason, the juicy bits of the demographics are way on down. Nowhere near where they would need to be. So I was laying this thing out. All right. Let's say that if you limit the alcohol and you don't smoke a lot, let's say that you're still working in 2030, when, according to the mathematical projections, there will be approximately... Uh, at least by the census, seven and a half million people mm-hmm. living in Metro Atlanta. Mm-hmm. How would your job be different from six million to seven and a half? Well, I know for for where I work, you know the the, the struggles that we face is. You know, making sure that the the big thing is keeping up with technology, um, and then with keeping up technology, making sure that the again the infrastructure and the uh, the plants can be upgraded in time to accommodate those that increase. You know, that increase of the capita. 
um, to yeah. increase the, what's going to be in that area for that plant. Yeah. Yeah. When you're building a, let me ask you this: When you're building a big project like a stadium, how soon does the wastewater situation come into come into the picture? Uh, <laughs> I can say I can say this from a personal standpoint. A lot of times they don't understand it until the very first game day. <laughs> <laughs> Which has been kind of retarded, I guess, on our side because you would think that would be pre-planned or understood or engineered, maybe. Hey, guys, this is going to be coming down the pipe. You better be prepared for it. And then it hits the actual day of, you know, the first pitch is thrown out, the first kick is kicked or whatever. And all of a sudden now they're like, Oh, we weren't ready for this, you know. Oh. <laughs> so then it's like the the plants are having to struggle to create these game day situations so that they have preemptively gotten things under control before game day happens. So it's like now, they most yeah. of these plants that have a have something large maybe attached to their inflow they have to prepare for those game days beforehand. Okay. Um, and I guess from experience, how? I mean, how soon is it that the that the city or county or, or arc or whoever, like, how soon is it that they back up and and go, okay, wait, we need to upgrade this because of this new building. Uh, in my, in my short career (laughs) where I'm at now, I would say it generally takes between, from what I've seen, uh, maybe three to five years. Oh, wow. Huh. And the thing is, by the time you get it there, then it's already almost obsolete because you've spent the time to engineer it, get it built, all the things that go along with that. And then by the time it is built, you're already behind the eight ball because it's too small. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Um, okay, that that was the last question, I promise. Uh, okay. Unless you wanted to shout out something else. No, I'm I'm good, man. All right. Uh, this has been Ben Kitchings of the History Voyager. And uh, like I always say, I'm having a great day, and I hope you are too. All right, everybody. Bye-bye.